Jesus, we praise your name, God, because that is who you are. You are the way maker, Father. Jesus, you move in and through our lives. You change the very foundation of who we are. God, you free us from every chain. You deliver us, God. Jesus, we praise you today, Father. We lift your name up, God. Here at God Squad Church, Lord, we just say, Lord, make a way in our own hearts. Change our mentality. Allow us to become more like you, Father. Jesus, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Father, today I pray that every word out of my mouth would be your words. I pray, Father, that your word would not return null and void, but you would penetrate the heart of every person that hears it. Lord, wherever it is that they discover this sermon, where they discover this message, this talk, God, I pray that it would convey to them, Jesus, with such conviction what it is that you have for each and every one of them. Jesus, we praise you. In Jesus' amazing, wonderful name. And everyone said with conviction, amen and amen and amen. Hey, what is up, beautiful people? I'm standing today. I'm about to get serious with y'all. You didn't realize you walked into a, a Southern Baptist. I'm just kidding. We're not Southern Baptist. We're not a nominational. All right. I love you guys. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for giving up your time, your Saturday to come hang out with us. You might be watching this in the on Monday. You might be watching this on Tuesday if you're on YouTube. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you for giving some time and just spending it with the Lord. Um, I'm no one special. I say, I say it all the time. People ask, you know, oh, so, so what have you done? Tell us a little about yourself. I'm like, often I just say I'm just a dude. And the truth is, is it's just, it's just facts. I'm just a dude. I had an echo going on in my ear. <laughs> I just, I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy. I'm a guy who fell in love with Jesus at a young age and believed enough, had enough faith to follow after him for year after year after year. Not that I didn't wander. Not that I didn't get swayed off of that path. Not that I didn't make mistakes along the way. Not that it wasn't difficult. But here I am still. And there's a testament in that alone. There's a testament to the fact of continually pursuing after God, even when things are difficult, even when they're hard. So today I'm excited to talk to you guys from Luke 5. We've been going through the book of Luke this year. And Luke 5, verses 17 through 26, I'm reading from the CSB version. I believe, in my opinion, right now, it is the best version of the Bible out. That's it. I said it. You can mark it. Put it, put it, mark it up. CSB. I don't know if you guys sponsor people, but hey, no, I'm just kidding. Could you imagine reaching out? Hey, yo, we see that you like our version of the Bible. Um, but so that's where we'll be so you can follow along. The scriptures will also be on the screen for you as well. But what I like to do uh, these days is read through the whole scripture so you can get the entire story. And then I like to go through and break it verse by verse to be able to understand what the context of the scripture was. And we've went through a wild ride through Luke so far, and it's been interesting to see all that Jesus was doing. Um, and in this moment of scripture, he's actually sitting with Pharisees and teachers of the law. And um, as he was, this amazing story kind of unfolds. 
and it's beautiful to watch. And so as he's teaching, uh, that's kind of where we start. So on one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and also from Jerusalem. That's a lot of places. I mean, when I speak, I'm lucky if I get people from two different discords, you know what I mean? And the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then, some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. That was their intention. Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been laying on, and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God, and they were filled with awe and said, We have seen incredible things today. This story is so cool to me, and it's like it's been kind of a, a, a mark throughout my ministry as someone pursuing after God for years and years because I, I, I got something from this story a long time ago, and the Lord just kind of was pressing on my heart to flesh that out in the sermon. And so that's kind of what we're going to do. And it's interesting because the season, the timing lines up perfectly, but that's how the Lord works. And so I'm just going to let him do his thing. But as, as, we're, as we're looking at this idea and we're, we're kind of like pressing into the scriptures, one of the things this made me think about is when I used to play Valorant. And so I was not a good Valorant player by any way, strip, stretch of the mind. Okay, I'm probably a silver level player at best. So, you know, for all you amazing players, you head clickers, you beasts, like good for you. You're amazing. Like, congratulations. I could never be good. And I, that's just that simple. Okay, I tried. I tried. I did the aim trainers. I did all the things that would try to make me a better player. I'm old. I got 32 year old hands. You know what I mean? I've been through a lot. So give me some, give me some, give me some bricks. All right. All right. <laughs> but I was playing Valorant one time. And there's a, a not, not a real position, but like something you understand when you're playing in a team game like that, someone needs to go first, right? Like there has to be a, like a guy that kicks down the door and like breaks in and goes in first. Well, in tactical shooters like Valorant, that usually means you die. It's just that simple. And so the hope is if you're that guy, when you entry frag, when you go in, a couple things you're hoping for. Best case scenario, you trade out yourself, right? I kill the guy and he kills me. That's like ideal. That's the best possible 
scenario. But often that's not what happens. But what you do gain is you might get a few shots on a guy, you die, and then you get information about the people that are there. Oh, he's in heaven. Oh, he's in, you know, long. He's in whatever. And the callouts made. And you give your team sufficient information to be able to execute a plan well. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes it is like, but, but someone has to be that guy. And sometimes you just trade it out. Sometimes you go in and another guy follows you really closely behind so that once you're dead, they can get shots on the guy. And then, you know, you trade out well and you're able to make a further push and get a little bit more strategic advantage in the game. Entry fragging is rough, all right? One time I was sitting there and I was holding an angle in Valorant. So, you know, I'm doing my little jiggle peek and I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be cracked out of my mind. And as I'm, as I'm sitting there and I'm holding the angle, someone's like, oh, I, I got your back. I, I'm watching this. And it's the only other place on the map that I could possibly in any way, shape or form. It's the only way that I could be, that I could be, I could be shot. Well, we're sitting there for a while. And I'm like, I don't think anybody's coming. You know, they're not pushing A, whatever. But we're sitting there, we're sitting there. And then all of a sudden, you hear that, 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 that noise, that all too familiar noise of, <laughs> and my character falls to the ground and I die. And all of a sudden, I hear, oh, someone's coming, it's coming, someone's coming. <laughs> but, what bro you were you were literally watching that angle you, you had it covered i thought and they were like yeah yeah i did um i just yeah daylight uh i was on tiktok i you were scrolling tiktok in our valorant game it was probably for my like promotional series or something that's the reason i'm not in gold right we all have excuses but they got distracted. And so I paid the price, right? You pay the price as the entry fragger, someone that's willing to push, someone that's willing to go against the grain, willing to go beyond the boundary, make a way even when there's fear and trepidation, right? How many people have been in a similar situation though? Where like you thought someone had your back, you know? But they really didn't really have your back. They were either distracted or they're consumed by their own problems. They were having issues of their own and they didn't quite know how to help. I've been there. I've been there in video games time after time and like Tarkov's a whole nother situation. That happens too much. But someone has to be the entry fragger, right? Someone has to be the fuse lighter. Someone has to be the person that's willing to start rolling the ball. And often those people are very, very hard to find because of all of the things I've already talked about. Because being that person, doing something different, going out of your way, putting yourself in danger, putting yourself in a place where you might not look the best is hard. It's not easy. Like, 
If no one else is willing to do it, there's a reason why no one else is willing to do it. And if it was an easy job, everybody would be willing to do it. But we need people like that. We need to become the person that's like that. We need to become people that have the mentality of going through the roof. We also need to be surrounded by people that have the mentality to go through the roof. And we're going to break that down a little bit as we go on here. Luke 5, 17 through 26. We're going to read verses 17 and 18 quickly. On one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there and they would come from every village of Galilee and Judea and all over Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then some men came, carrying on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. He could not move. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd. I'm going to cut off half of verse 19 there. The paralyzed man wasn't being kept away from his healing by bad people, right? He wasn't being kept from his healing because of some bad outside source. It weren't these people guarding the house saying, no, you can't come in. I find it interesting that it was the people that were in the same situation. It was the people that also needed help where he couldn't find his way through the crowd. I don't know if you've ever walked through a crowd before. I've been to New York City a ton of times. I live in New York. And so I'm used to walking through crowds. But sometimes there's crowds that are so packed where it's shoulder to shoulder and you're smushed and there's no way through. And I'm guessing that place was so packed because there were so many people that just wanted a touch from God. They had an ailment they might have been dealing with for years. They, they, had, they had family members that maybe needed to be healed and they weren't willing to budge because they also saw that they needed a healing from God. And it wasn't bad people that stopped this man from getting his healing. It was a crowd of people that also believed. But sometimes and often it's the people with the best intentions that hold us back from our greatest blessing. No one there had bad intentions for this paralyzed man. At least it's not wrote. They were just a crowd of people with the same good intentions. That they just wanted their own healing. They just wanted to have God touch them. Soften those people with the best intentions that keep us back from our greatest blessing. For example, well, I know you, you said you heard God tell you to go pray for people, uh, but uh, you, you should ask someone else's opinion. Uh, I know you said you felt like you should be sacrificing your finances in this season, but what are you going to retire with, kid? You know, what are you going to retire with? I know God spoke to you, but come on, come on. Think about your future. Well, I know you were going to go to small group, bro, but. Oh, man. 
we, we got to grind out these cod skins. Like, I, I that's great, man. This is our small group, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't you don't you like hanging out with me? Well, those voices might sound like. Yeah, I know. I know you're interested in in following after God, but isn't that so stupid? Like, don't 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 get involved with those cult guys and those peoples with your best intentions often stop you from your greatest blessing. Most people would have seen the crowd and been like, "Well, uh, sorry, Rick." Uh, we tried to carry you all the way here, but uh, there's a large crowd in the way, and um, I, I can't see a way through. Uh, so uh, maybe this guy will be back in town later, and uh, we'll, we'll figure out a few uh, a, a way to get you back here. How many of us have been that person where it looks impossible, right? The situation looks difficult. It looks hard. I can't see the way in myself. And so I'm just like, oh, well. Oh, the store's too busy. Can't uh, I guess can't make it. Oh, sorry. You know, there's seven stores in the area, but I went to one of them and they didn't have milk. Guess I can't get it. Sorry, babe. Love ya. How many of us have been that person that just gave up at the first obstacle? I'm glad that this paralyzed man's friends decided that the first obstacle wasn't big enough. And to finish off verse 19, it says they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Like, This scripture is out of control. So these guys, they see this large crowd. They see they cannot get in. There is no way for them to get into this house. But they know that the person that they are carrying, the person they carried all the way, wherever they carried him from, they knew he needed healing. And they saw the obstacle of the crowd. And they said, instead of saying, oh, well, uh, that's it. They were determined to find a way. They were determined to see Jesus move in the life of their friend. Spurgeon spoke of the quality of the men who would bring a friend to Jesus in such a way. He said it like this. They need to be strong for the burden is heavy. They need to be resolute for the work will try their faith. They need to be prayerful, for otherwise they labor in vain. They must be believing, or they will be utterly useless. They didn't stop at the first obstacle. And honestly, they didn't stop at the second obstacle. Because they didn't only just get stopped by the crowd. Now they had to somehow find a way for this paralyzed man to get to the roof or the second floor. And guess what? They didn't stop at the third obstacle. They made a hole 
in the ceiling to lift him down through. Church, I have a ceiling here, man. Whose house was this? That these guys, they weren't letting anything hold them back. It didn't matter to them because they understood the weight of responsibility that they were carrying. And that was someone's life. That was the healing he could receive where everything changes. Everything changes. You want to know what's interesting to me? And what makes this so astronomically like blows my mind? They did all of these things without not knowing if Jesus was going to heal them. These men carried the weight of their friend. They brought him onto the roof of a building. They opened up a, a, a hole in the ceiling that was not their ceiling. With that, without ever fully knowing if God was going to bring the healing, if Jesus was exactly who he said he was, or if he was just a rumor. How often are we hindered because of our unbelief? How many times in your life have you just stopped praying for someone because you're like, ah, I don't know if anybody's even listening. How many times have you stopped just at the crowd? Or maybe you were like one of those special individuals that were like, I'm not stopping at the crowd, man. I'm going to get up on this, 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 this ceiling. How many of the, you, you stopped there? Your faith will carry you through obstacles. Your faith will carry you through obstacles. It'll allow you to make a way where in your mind, you couldn't find a way. I've been saying the same for a long time. That I want to be a person with a through the roof mentality. I want to be a person that is not hindered by obstacles or hindered because when I first look at it, it's just difficult. I want to be a person that's obedient to God's call. And that will often mean looking at scary, scary obstacles. Right? The crowd wasn't, the, it wasn't a scary obstacle, but I'm sure trying to, 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 to bring a, a, a paralyzed man onto a roof was probably pretty scary to think about. And I'm sure not knowing the repercussions of, of opening up a hole in, these, in this roof was probably pretty scary. Are you a person that's willing to go through the roof? In verse 20, it says, seeing their faith, this is Jesus speaking, 
he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their faith, he said. So many times in the Bible, it seems like it's based off of the uh, one person, right? Where it's just like, oh, because you decided to walk in, like, because you did, but because of their faith, because his friends were willing to carry the burden on their backs, because they were willing to have faith enough to go through the roof, to track him down. Your faith matters for your friends. See, there's going to be a time in life when your friends call and they need your faith in their moments of weakness. when they can't get up by themselves, when there are obstacles in the way of their healing, and it's not their faith, but your faith that will help carry them to a place they cannot get on their own. My faith will never be able to bring Pastor Boz to Jesus in terms of his actual salvation but my faith can carry him there. And what I mean by that is my belief in God and the way that I hold myself, my actions, my determination to be a through the roof type of person can bring him into a place where he has the ability to receive from Jesus. Your faith carries verse 21 it says then the scribes and the pharisees began to think to themselves who is this man that speaks blasphemies who can forgive sins but god alone bruh like like bruh like (laughs) who are you guys and where do you always come from I'm talking in the real world, like, forget the story for a second. Where are all these people that come from that are always like, well, I don't, I don't know, man. That doesn't seem quite right. You didn't say it like this, or, you know, you didn't do it this way, or you're not living your life that way, so God can't. And that's these guys, man. That's the religious, the, the people, Christian Twitter. Like, that's those guys. Who's this man who speaks blasphemies? Who could And Jesus is like, what? Like, man, if I was Jesus, this story would have turned out different, guys. It would have been a bad day for all of us. Why can't you just be excited that God just healed a person's crippled body? See, Jesus in that moment started screaming. He was just like, shut up! Shut up! Right? No, that is not what he did. That's not what he did. That's what I would have done. That's not what he did. Maybe he was a little more gentle. And it goes on to say, just like Jesus, you know, being Jesus. Jesus instead, he said, and he had already understood with his Jedi mind trick power, He knew what they were thinking. And so in verse 22, it says, but perceiving their thoughts, 
Jesus replied to them, why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk? Jeez, they kind of seem similar. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, pink elephant in the room. They kind of seem the same, man. You could have said either. To be honest, I'm just saying. <laughs> but Jesus wasn't trying to just like, he wasn't actually like, what's easier to say? He was trying to make a point and he goes on to say it, but so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher and go home. See, there's a dichotomy between those people and not just the religious, but really the, the, the haters, right? There's a dichotomy on one hand. There are these people that will try to hold you back and will try to be path blockers. They will try to be people that rip down the miracles that God are do, is doing in your life. They'll be the people sometimes with the best intentions that'll rob you from the greatest blessing. And God shows us in the scripture verse, you have these people who are path blockers. And on the other hand, you have this faithful friend group who's willing to take their paralyzed friend from the ends of the earth to the other to make sure this man is healed. You have waymakers. So on this hand, you have path blockers. And on this hand, you have waymakers. And God is showing in this scripture verse, the difference and what they can look like. Who are you in your friend group? Who are you in your family's lives? Who are you as a coworker? Who are you here at God Squad Church? Are you a way maker? Or are you a path blocker? By this scripture alone, we can see that Jesus prefers one more than the other. And I'm going to be honest, church, I prefer more one than the other. And it's not the path blocker. And if you were going to be honest with yourself, you would say that you prefer more one more than the other. It's so important that we ourselves are not only people that are willing to be, to go through the roof, right? But that we're also surrounding ourselves with people that will also go through the roof. I want to be surrounded by waymakers. I don't want to be surrounded by path blockers. I want to be surrounded by people's faith that helps carry me when I'm down. I want to in myself be that for someone else. I want to be the person that people want to surround themselves with because my faith carries them when they don't have enough faith to carry themselves. When they don't have the will, when they're broken and they don't have the way. After showing this dichotomy, tells the man, you know, get up and take your stretcher and go home. In verse 25, he says immediately, the paralyzed man got up before them, 
picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded and they were giving glory to God and they were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. I've watched too many times people sign, heal, deliver. People that have been been touched by God, but then the next day fall right back into the same place they were delivered from. I've seen too many people that walk around with their mats clenched in their fist and they never let go. Now, it doesn't say in the story what happened to the paralyzed man's mat. It just says that he picked it up, he grabbed it, and then he went home and glorified God. But a part of me, maybe it's the imagery-driven part of me, a part of me believes that he posted it on his wall, that he put it up wherever he was staying, because obviously he didn't have the ability to probably afford his own home. And whether it be on the he posted it like a tapestry. Not as a place to look back to, to say, as, as chains, not a place to look back to and say, man, my life w- was terrible, but as a tapestry of God's glorious work in his life, that this is where he once was on this mat, laying on the street corner, not able to provide for himself, needing his friends to come alongside and carry him so that he could get his healing. as a place that God had like delivered him from. Like I used to be on this mat and he could talk to maybe his kids in the future and say, there was a time in my life. You asked me why I believe like I believe, John. You asked me like I believe why I believe. It's because I've seen God do it. I've seen him do it. And that mat becomes a tapestry to, to, to honor God's glory. But more often times than not, instead of people taking the tapestry and making and honoring God glorifying standard in their life, instead would take their mat, they'd lay it down, and they'd continue to be the same person that they were before God delivered them before he healed them and they went back to living in the same exact position they were in before and instead of allowing that mat to be an object of remembrance of all God had done and delivered them from a standard of glory for God they instead would return to the object the behavior the sin And they themselves would chain themselves back up. Because they never learned how to move in the freedom that God had given them. And then that hadn't been a mat of bondage, a mat of chains. It had become a blanket 
that held them back from every single thing that God wanted for them. So many of you have come to faith in, a, in knowing Jesus, but you still walk with your mat. And oftentimes you don't walk with that mat because it's a sign of all God has done in your life. But instead, because it's the comfort of knowing you can go back to your old life whenever you want. And there's freedom from that. There truly is freedom. See, a through-the-roof mentality, being a waymaker, it's pushing for others' dreams to come true. It's getting uncomfortable so that others can be comfortable. It's believing for someone even when the odds seem impossible. It's going above and beyond. It's seeing obstacles and seeing them as steps rather than path blockers. It's becoming the friend that you wish you had. It's allowing your faith to help you take steps that you're not willing to take on your own. The first obstacle to becoming a waymaker is belief, right? Like this story doesn't even start without belief. Those men had belief. They would have never climbed up on that roof if they didn't believe. That man would have never received healing, you know, without their first step of initiating belief. And if you're watching this right now and you've been battling this idea of like, man, I've seen a lot of things, you know, I've watched a lot of debates, I've heard a lot of bad things, I've watched Hollywood's depiction of Jesus. Like, I would implore you to get to know God for yourself. And this is what I say to every single person, like, I'm not gonna try to debate you into to believing in God. It's honestly tiring and useless. What I would say is just you personally, taking some time and just ask God if he's real to reveal himself to you. Lord, if you're real, would you just reveal yourself to me? Because no one else's belief will ever substitute for your own belief. Might help. Might get you to where you need to go. Might carry you in dark times. But if you don't have a foundation in and of yourself, you can never be the waymaker that you want to be. Because the truth is in and of ourselves, we don't have the mentality, we don't have the ability to carry other people's burdens well. It's only when we also have spent our morning taking all the junk from yesterday and putting it on God. My challenge today is to challenge you to be a person that has the mentality of through the roof. 
to be a way maker. Making a way where there is no way. Today, I want you to take a few moments. Take a few moments after service and just sit alone with God. And I'm going to ask you a hard question. And I want you to ponder it. Ask yourself, how often do I just give up on projects, on relationships, on God, on my faith? And think through, how many times do I just give up? And when you've thought through few of those moments, I want you to ask God, help me to be a way maker. Help me when I'm faced with the same situations, when I'm faced with the same issues, when I'm faced with the, the same difficulties. Help me next time to make a different decision. Help me to be someone that's willing to, to rip the roof tiles off so that I can be lowered next to you. If you want to be a waymaker, I believe there's an easy but not loved answer. It's only through strengthening your relationship with Him. It's just that simple. Three foundational ingredients to building a strong relationship are time, commitment, and consistency. You need to spend time with him daily, regardless of how you feel, regardless of your desire that day in the moment. Hours spent with the Lord directly relate to the actionable reality of the good life. Spend time with the Lord Understand his heart and his will. Understand how he navigates paths. Allow him to change you. And you'll walk into life with a different perspective. Hatred will not be your go-to. Being scared will not be your go-to. Being anxious will not be your go-to when you've spent time with Jesus. Because in those moments that you're spending time with him, you're realizing, oh, this is less about me and more about him than I ever realized. One of the greatest stories, and I'm going to end with this, was from my brother coming back from college this last month. Come home for like a week and a half for Thanksgiving. And my brother, like, my brother memorized 26 scriptures before he was five years old. Like, a scripture for every letter of the alphabet. This kid was like literally raised around scripture he was you know he was literally raised in the pews we like to call it he was running around during youth group you know what i mean he was in church three or four days a week and he said tj one of the greatest lessons i've learned while being away is how important 
my personal relationship has been with God. He said all of the other things, the, the thousands and thousands of sermons I've heard, all of the relationships I've made in church, all of the experiences I've had with God. He said it's all trivial because I'm not spending time with him every day. And he's learned to create in himself a consistency with God, even when he doesn't feel like it. And the drastic difference that's made on him is unbelievable. You could palpably see it. It's changed the way he moves in life. And the Lord wants that for each and every person. He wants that for you. I hope that in some way, shape, or form that you begin to become a way maker. That you start thinking with the mentality of being a person that's willing to go through the roof for those around you and for yourself. But as always, if no one's told you they love you today, we're here at God Squad Church. We love you with our whole hearts. See you soon. What an amazing sermon that Pastor Daylight just gave to us. And uh, one of the challenges that he gave to us today was to just take some time after service today and spend some time with God, really. Just ask him a couple of questions. The, fir the first one being, how often do I just give up? And like he said, that could be inside of any aspect of your life, really. If you give up on projects, if you give up on this, if you give up on that, if you give up on your faith in God because of the experiences and the things that you're going through and to really ask yourself that question and reflect on your life. But the second thing he said was to ask God to help me become a way maker. What does that look like? What does that faith look like? And he even gave us three steps that we need to have to be able to grow in our relationship, to be able to have a genuine relationship with Jesus and to be able to have more faith in him with time and commitment and consistency, continually spending time with God daily. And so those are great challenges. And so I hope that you guys do those things today. And hey, I want you to know, he also gave you really who Jesus Christ is. And maybe you made a decision today to accept Jesus Christ, whether you're watching right now, maybe you're watching on YouTube. And uh, we want you guys, put it in the chat, put it in the comments below that you have accepted Christ into your life, that this is something that you have decided because it's a huge decision. We want to celebrate that with you. We want to be able to congratulate you on those things. So if you can put it somewhere so we can see that you have decided that you want Jesus to make a transformation in your life, we would love to be able to see that and be able to be with you on that. And hey, if you did make that decision and you're here right now in chat, if you can put exclamation point connect in the chat, all I'd ask you to do is fill out that form that comes up with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. Listen, this is a big journey. It's something new in your life. It's exciting. It's big. It's huge. But it's also sometimes you might have some questions about, okay, I made this huge decision in my life. I know that God is a way maker. I know that Jesus has made a way for me to be able to get to that point. But what, 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 what do I do now? What's next? And so we want to be able to help you with any questions that you might be able to have. And we want to walk on this journey. Listen, I want to connect with you. I want to walk on this journey with you because it's not easy. 
it's not just like, hey, now I know everything and everything is going to be phenomenal. We would like to be able to be with you and to be able to help you on this journey. Where do I start reading in a Bible? How do I pray? What does that even look like? What is water baptism? We want to be able to answer any questions that you might have. So don't hesitate to fill out the form. We'd love to be able to connect with you. We're not going to spam you with emails or anything like thing like that, but we definitely want to connect with you. And once again, any of you that have accepted Christ into your life today, or even if you're rededicating your life, hey, congratulations. And uh, once again, we, we just want to be there with you and celebrate with you. Anyways, guys, we're going to go into a time right now of giving an offering. And giving an offering is, it, it, it's, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I know we get a little bit uncomfortable when we talk about finances. And hey, I want you to know, if this is your first time here at God Squad Church, we don't want anything from you, but we want everything for you. So just know that. But maybe God is putting on your heart right now something to give, even if it is your first or second time here. But I do really believe, and we believe here at God Squad Church, that giving and offering is a form of worship as well. It's a form of faith. And so if you call God Squad Church your home church, that is something that we truly believe. It's something that helps us to continue bringing the word of Jesus Christ to people throughout the world. We have many people here who are continually working hard day in and day out to be able to do those things. And it's because of your faithfulness and generosity that this church, that God Squad Church, can continue to move forward in the vision that God has been continually giving us. And so we want to thank you for your faithfulness and generosity. And I do want to pray over the offering today. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer for uh, for what he's doing inside of inside of God Squad Church, but also that he would bless the offering that comes in today. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for what we have. God, so many times we, we, we're asking for more of this or that. We're asking for more of, uh, of, of healing, more better relationships, whatever it might be in our lives, more finances. But God, let's just take a moment right now and thank you for what we do have. Let's take a moment and praise you that you are continually giving to us because we are your children. Not because we de deserve it, not because of things that we've done, but because you love us and you want to take care of your children. And so I thank you, God, for what you've given to us. And I pray that you bless the offerings that come in today. I pray that you bless those people that are giving through faith. Maybe there's somebody right now that's sacrificing a little bit more than they feel like they can. Maybe maybe it's just that the sacrifice is hurting a lot. God, I pray that you'd bless them today. Give them faith and help them to continue focusing on you. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Guys, if you do want to give to God Squad Church today, I want you to know there are multiple safe and secure ways you can give to God Squad Church. You can do so by going into the panels below, clicking on the give link that will allow you to give through PayPal. You can also go to our website at godsquadchurch.com slash give, and you can give there, whether it's recurring weekly, recurring monthly, or even just a one-time donation. And then finally, if you're a U.S. resident, you can also use text to give by texting any amount to number 84 three, two, one. The first time you do it, it's going to take you through a very short series of questions. It takes about a minute to set up. But after that, all you need to do is just type any amount. And then once again, that goes to the number eight, four, three, two, one. But no matter how you are giving, I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness and generosity, because every penny counts as we continue to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to people throughout the entire world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.